Hi there, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. I'm Janine, and this is Get the Funk Out. On this next segment, I'm speaking with filmmaker Dominic Gill and writer-producer Nadia Gill. They're joining me to talk about their inspiring, emotional film, Coming to My Senses, featuring Aaron Baker. In 1999, Aaron Baker broke his neck in a motocross accident, leaving him completely paralyzed from the neck down. Despite doctors' grim prognosis, next 16 years, Aaron decided not to listen to those who said he had a million to one odds of ever feeding himself again, and instead, through painstaking effort, endeavored to regain as much mobility as possible. This journey through the unknown took him from the depths of depression to the joys of cross-country road tripping via tandem bicycle with his mother and friends, and finally, culminating in his opening a socially conscious, low-cost gym focused on increasing mobility for the disabled. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show filmmaker Dominic Gill and writer-producer Nadia Gill. Thanks for joining us. I watched this movie and I was so moved, obviously, by Aaron. How did you, and and the story, of course, but how did you come across Aaron? How did you hear about him? Well, uh, Nadia and I have been making uh, documentaries and and television shows about uh, adventure and actually specifically cycling adventures for some time. Um, And a previous adventure we were on actually taking people with a, um, a a variation of disabilities across the USA on a specially designed tandem in the process of reaching out uh, for people that would like to accompany us. Um, Nadia actually uh, found Aaron, who was uh, at the time training for the Paralympics, so so very advanced in his training uh, and his recovery. And from that day on, we, we kept in touch, and I realized he had a, a pretty powerful story himself. This must have been such an incredible journey. How long did it take you to do this film? <laughs> well, there, there are two journeys, um, one of which is the, the film, which was a gargantuan uh, four or four and a half years, I think, uh, from beginning to end, uh, and then the journey within the film, um, which seemingly was, was a tiny 20 miles, took, took six days uh, and, and I think seemed a lot longer for Aaron. There are so many things I want to touch on. Uh, the name of my show is Get the Funk Out, and I am so fascinated with how people go through the most challenging experiences physically, emotionally, mentally, anything, and they find this glimmer of wisdom from the worst possible situation. And there was something that um, Aaron's mother said, um, that you can't possibly go through something like this and not find bigger meaning and, and the need to share this with people. Yeah, I mean, I think Laquita is one of the characters who really delivers the most wisdom in the film. I mean, she just has been, you know, watching Aaron in the different way that she's outside of him, and sometimes she's really able to kind of process exactly what he's been through in a way that's really um, communicable to the public. And so I think that's why we enjoyed, like, her film, literally her interviews and her filming so much. And I just think that, Aaron and Laquita are the epitome of, of embodying that statement. Not only have they, you know, been through the recovery process, they have, you know, taken that and turned it into a gym for the public where they are um, giving, not only giving their advice, but sharing the professional tools that they've learned over the years for making people able to move and delivering on that to at least 600 people that we know. So 
I just think that's pretty incredible. Besides going around and just, you know, giving talks that are inspirational, they're putting that into action. When I was watching this and seeing uh, the footage of Aaron barely able to move, and then seeing at the end of the film how far he came, it was, and he just defied all the negativity and all the words we typically hear from doctors saying, absolutely impossible, never going to happen, and he just didn't listen. So, yeah, that's a really interesting point because when we, this is something that when we started the film, um, we felt differently about than when we ended the film. And uh, I don't want to minimize Aaron's, uh, you know, his uh, odds of recovery. They were really, really, really against him. And however, the more that we learned about why people don't progress and why people don't recover from mobility, the more we realized that it's not just the odds aren't just, uh, you know, about their physical makeup. It's not just biological any longer. The odds have everything to do with their support system, the availability of resources, how they spend their time. And it gets all rolled into this um, ball and then communicated to the patient as if, like, that's the only choice. Whereas we basically learned throughout this that even if not every person who recovers can learn how to walk again, people can often learn things and recover mobility that is significant, whether it's moving an arm or being able to, you know, weight shift from their wheelchair to a bed. And um, those things are really achievable and have far better odds of being able to be done by the majority of people who end up with spinal cord injury. And we still aren't giving that, um, you know, we aren't giving people the resources to be able to make those moves. I'll add to that as well a little bit by saying, um, I I think uh, one of, one of, Aaron's core beliefs and, and something that he's he's trying to fight uh, uh, through talking to people is that just by giving just by being given the odds by a medical professional, uh, you know, for instance, in his case, a million a million to one uh, chances of ever feeding himself again. Just by being given those odds, your odds get even worse. Um, right. uh, the sort of negative prognosis is something that takes away. Um, you know, the agency, uh, maybe even subconsciously, but the agency that person has to believe in recovery. And belief uh, is an incredibly powerful force. I feel like we need to touch on a couple things, first of all, because Aaron was a very um, driven, or is a very driven and determined kind of guy. Can you describe him earlier on, uh, you know, when he was little, learning how to ride motorcycles and a little bit about the film. Absolutely, yeah. So, so the the film in its early stages describes uh, sort of Aaron's backstory, if you like. Uh, and I, I wish I'd known him back then. Uh, I suspect he hasn't changed too much in, <laughs> in his sort of rambunctiousness. Um, but uh, as a as a very young child, uh, about three years old, he he got on his first little motocross bike, um, and really shone. In terms of uh, in terms of his potential as a rider and an athlete, uh, and had that kind of go go getting attitude and um, you know physical talent that you need uh, to succeed in that very competitive world. So he did indeed uh, go through levels of success, and um, it was actually uh, in his later teens when he first joined uh, a professional or, or first race professionally. Uh, and very shortly after that, uh, got injured during a, a practice circuit and, and came off a, a jump badly and um, and broke his neck. And uh, I was horrific. That that break in his neck was just blew my mind. 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a, a terrible break. Um, uh, I think C four five six, if I if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. and, and uh, one of his vertebrae were were completely shattered and had to be reconstructed. Uh, and certainly, I think there were complications that fragments of that shattered vertebrae uh, would, um, you know, pierce his spinal cord and, and create massive and irreparable uh, injury. But I think, luckily for him, his, uh, you know, in his words, uh, his surgeon, you know, stabilized that excellently. Uh, and while while that was the same surgeon that gave him very negative odds, if it, if it weren't for him, his recovery also wouldn't have been possible and he's very cognizant of that and the trainer uh the man is it from core is that the name of the company that he has yeah absolutely so his his uh gym is called core the center of restorative exercise and his trainer and uh work associate uh taylor kevin isaacs is uh, is a is a kinesiologist who worked with him for all those years yeah that was incredible because i felt like he he gave him such hope and was so determined that, you know, there were great things ahead for Aaron. Yeah. Um, as Nadia said, I think uh, one of the most important things that dictates, you know, how, how you recover and how fully you recover is your support system. Mm-hmm. Um, whether that be, you know, your own mental support system or at least as importantly those around you. And Aaron had his mother, who was an incredible force to be oh, reckoned with. Oh, I know. With. Uh, his family, um, and also, you know, Taylor was, um, in fact, in the film, there's, um, there's a line that, that Laquita, his mother, says that when they met Taylor, she knew that was the point at which they would be rebuilding both their lives. Wow. Um, because cause an injury like this does, doesn't just affect the, the physically injured, it affects everyone around them, them too. So Taylor had a very profound effect, and his positivity... And, and pragmatism with which he ap- approaches uh, recovery is, is incredible, actually, incredible to see. Let me add that Taylor uh, became Aaron's fiance, uh, and um, that was just a beautiful um, meeting, you know, and just to see her become part of this journey. Yeah, I think you mean Katie. I'm sorry, um, Katie. 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 Katie's a, a really wonderful person, too, and I think she fit really into Aaron's life, and even then it was a big struggle because, you know, it takes a lot to someone who's been so perseverant with their immediate community, you know, have a good partner and, and their business partner and their mom. Um, it just, you know, it's got to be hard to come in and try and f- make your own way and find your own space, and she really did that, and I think she really shares that in the film in a way that's really relatable to people mm-hmm. so that they can see, you know, it's wonderful not to be living in a trope where we think that people with disabilities don't have the possibility of, you know, having uh, family lives and love lives and marriages. But at the same time, we have to recognize that the people who step into those roles are exceptional because they're, you know, they're just willing to do more than your average person. And and Katie really shares that with us. I I just thought it was so beautiful how their relationship evolved. Um, And I do want to touch on, it was also moving for me, was seeing Aaron riding uh, tandem with his mom. Yeah, it was it was really special, and, and and particularly for me, I I love that part of the story because I've spent a lot of time riding tandems with uh, with a lot of different people as as part of our other films. So I know the power of that kind of union, um, and indeed the friction that it can cause when when you ride a bicycle together. People say that uh, 
riding tandem, tandem, tandem together either makes or breaks a relationship. And I think it's very clear in uh, Aaron and his mother's case, uh, you know, despite obvious friction that happens on, in long hours on the saddle, in the saddle, excuse me, together, mm-hmm. um, it, it made them closer, uh, which is a lovely thing to see. Were there some surprises along the way for you? There must have been, obviously. Well, it's interesting. So the, the film, I should explain, uh, the, the backbone, as it were, of the film is um, a, a Vision Quest-style walk across Death Valley, mm-hmm. um, where Aaron, while he has gone from strength to strength in his recovery, uh, riding a tandem, obviously, and then, then uh, his own uh, specially designed tricycle, uh, he trained for the for the Paralympics. Um, he was very cognizant of the fact that a, a lot of his uh, recovery has been reliant on uh, wheeled machines, things mm-hmm. that, while he does power them, uh, they also aid his propulsion. Um, so he really wanted to find a challenge that would test him in his in in it in his most basic form, his most basic mechanics. And, you know, how how much more basic do you get than, than traveling across a sort of two D landscape of, of Death Valley across a dry a dry lake bed desert uh-huh. um, for twenty miles, literally putting, you know, one foot in front of the other for 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 six days uh, in uh-huh. the in the heat. So yeah, it was um it it was intense. I was thinking as I'm watching him do this, there are people that are completely healthy that would never think to do this. Yeah, yeah. So I think such is the strength of, of Aaron's disposition. And Yes. Uh, I think in some ways, while I wouldn't wish an injury like that on anyone in the world, it certainly sorts sorts the wheat, <laughs> the wheat from the, ch- the chaff. That sounds crass in some ways, but... No, I understand um, what you're saying. I think... If you have a strength of mind, you know, and, and you you have that that hard to find perseverance, and you get injured, it almost it, it seemed in Aaron's case at least to sort of double down what he was able uh, to or willing to do to 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 fight back uh, movement, and and that's plain to see in the film. So where can I'll also add go ahead. that and say that um, the. You know, a lot of the, the themes of our films that we make are journey-oriented people who really undertake a challenge, a physical challenge, and most of them are able-bodied, but it's, the same really applies there, and that there are just some people that really push themselves, and it's in their personalities, and it's in their enjoyment of life and the way that their point of view of the world to, to have those experiences. And I'm actually not one of those people. Dominic is, by mm-hmm. nature. He is somebody who, you know, will scale a large mountain or... Um, you know, raft a big river, and I'm a bookworm. I'm somebody who will sit in a room and uh, and read a good novel and take my mind another place. And Interesting. It's certainly been a learning lesson for me to, um, you know, watch people like that and see what can I learn from them. Can I step into that role? Is that part of who I am? And mm-hmm. I always hope that every time we make some of these films that they're not just for people who enjoy outdoor adventures, that they're for people who maybe don't think that they are an, uh, an adventurous person and that maybe one day, you know, they'll take a small adventure and then they'll take a larger adventure and before you know it, they'll find a part of themselves that they didn't know was there before. Yeah. I feel like this uh, film is filled with uh, so many lessons of resilience and stamina and staying positive when we face so many unpredictable moments. Yeah. 
yeah absolutely and and, and staying um again i think this is a word that's overused in society generally now but very literally staying present mm-hmm. um when one of our one of our goals with this film uh was we imagined people sitting in the movie theater uh for for nearly two hours watching a film and the irony of which you're you're talking about the importance of movement and you want people to sit still for a couple of hours <laughs> but we wanted them to get up after they've seen this film whoever they are however mobile they are and be cognizant of putting one foot in front of the other and realizing the the power of that quite quite literally in its most basic form what that enables you to do and the 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 comp- you know the the complex process in your brain and body going on to allow you to do that um and so going back to just staying present and being grateful for what you are able to achieve physically and and mentally yes i'm going to share a little story with you and then we're going to have to wrap up soon uh it was about 1991 my best friend from college she called me hysterical telling me that her um 23 year old brother had done a flip in an above ground pool and broke his neck and uh, and i think his back or part of his back and there was no hope and every time i had a phone call with her it was this is happening and now it's a pacemaker and and all the and his body was just failing and breaking down and there was no way it seemed to save him and i look back on that and i think wow look how far things have come to give people hope with different injuries yeah yeah and i i certainly um one of the things we I mean, that's a, a, a story which we actually hear often, and Aaron has heard, you know, a number of times, and it comes up in our film. Mm-hmm. Um, but these, each injury is different, and we never right. want to give the impression that what Aaron did is possible for everybody. Of course. However, what we're really trying to say is that um, more can be done than we currently are communicating, and more can be done than we have the expectation of for. And um, I think that, uh, you know, circumstances really have changed over the years and they've changed in many fields they've changed in cancer they've changed i mean now we're having stem cells we've seen remarkable Mm -hmm. remarkable um things with what's going on in stem cells even if it isn't being brought to the mainstream public in america the future is on the horizon you know they also have a field called neuroprosthetics in which they're able to alter a part of the brain and give people back movement in their arms it's just really incredible where the future is going Mm -hmm. Um, and that's one of the other reasons that Dominic and I wanted to make this story because Aaron is doing it at a time when the resources available to him were physical therapy and exercise therapy and um, you know maybe if we're lucky the future generations will you know be able to have treatment in which they can recover in a year, in six months, a year will be a, a trajectory which is very manageable. And we just kind of wanted to memorialize this person's effort um, and recognize it for what it was. As, as, well as, uh, as well as actually stipulating, and I'll let you in on a little secret that, that mm-hmm. never got in into the film, we did actually have a segment about stem cell, um, oh. the, the possibilities of stem cells for people like Aaron. And Taylor said something very very important which is you know stem cell research is amazing and uh the possibilities are beyond anything perhaps that we can imagine at the moment but stem cell research is not the answer on its own uh, and he says if someone has you know uh, a stem cell therapy 
uh, and sits uh, watching television for the next three weeks, their stem cells will get excellent at sitting and watching the television. So nothing, in other words, um, replaces the need for constant movement or at least making or putting yourself in a position to be able to try and move. So I know we have to wrap, but where can people find out more about this outstanding film? Yeah, so the website for our film is www.tomysenses.com. We have a lot about it, and we also have our email addresses. You can always reach out to us. The film drops on Amazon and iTunes on May 15th, so that's right around the corner. And we'd love it if you visited it and purchased it or rented it, and um, hopefully one day it'll be available more broadly. Fantastic. Thank you so much for calling the show. I've really enjoyed the film. I enjoyed speaking with you. Uh, It's outstanding. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a wonderful day. You as well. Thanks again. Bye-bye. That was filmmaker Dominic Gill and writer-producer Nadia Gill joining me to talk about their film, Coming to My Senses. If you missed any part of our conversation, it will be up on the show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. And if you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.